Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, abortion is health care. If that's going to upset you, then today's episode might not be for you. For everyone else, though, this has been a challenging week and people are coping in different ways. We're here with a few folks addressing their fear and frustration with a couple of upcoming educational workshops. We're here with a very full house. Alicia Ott is an abortion doula and community resource for folks navigating reproductive care. Katrina Lipinski is a midwife at the Allegheny Reproductive Health Center who performs both abortions and insemination. And Nikki Turney is the director of abortion care at the same clinic. And CityCast Megan Harris is here with all of them. It's Tuesday, May 10th. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. So we're here to talk about the workshops, and we absolutely will. But first, I just want to do a vibe check. How is everyone feeling right now? Today, good. (laughs) (laughs) Alicia, how about you? I mean, this week has been incredibly overwhelming, and I feel like I'm just, like, making notes every day to be like, get back to this person, get back to this person on, like, Mm -hmm. five different platforms. Um, But, yeah, I I think it feels good. I actually like that it's raining outside because it makes me... I don't know. It's making me. Feel it feels right for the mood. Chill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm good. Katrina, what about you? How's how's this past week been? Um, it's it's been okay. We were at a conference actually uh, with uh, an abortion conference with a ton of other providers and lawyers and staff, and it was really nice to be in community. And then the the leak came out about what a supportive environment to be in for news like well, that. Well, you know, we all knew this was coming, um, but I think. Um, I didn't know it was coming last week. (laughs) And so it just made it um, really real because Pittsburgh, which is where all of us are, and, you know, we're going to be one of those cities where people are flocking to. Um, So just kind of grappling with the thought that, you know, we're bracing for that. Yeah. Nikki, what about you? You know, it kind of feels like we've been in this vortex thinking about the impending doom for a long time, like, gosh, I don't know, at least 2015. Um, How is that weighed on you and the work that you're doing with the center? Um, I would say for me, it's like, I I see it as like a blessing in disguise with the leak, honestly, because it was like, I feel like since 2015, everyone's been like, oh, we know what's coming. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. But then it's like, okay, like it's actually happening. And I feel like for me, it was like just that confirmation. It was like, okay, now it's really time to like buckle down and really prepare for a disaster (laughs) instead of like the disaster's coming. Like we know it's here. Yeah. I mean, it was funny because like I had just gone out for ice cream um, that night and then came back and then I was like, oh, look at my phone. (laughs) So um, I think that it was a wake up call for me as well to be like, okay, Alicia, you've been saying for a while now, you're going to get organized and get off your ass and like actually do X, Y, and Z with creating systems. Um, and so now I'm like, okay, this is, this is, this is real. And also I'm like stoked at whoever did that leak. I'm like, go you, you're the real here. Right. <laughs> Doing it for the people out here, because if that hadn't came that we just hit with it. Yeah. It's like, that's like it's a blessing that we actually got it because now we know 
Well, so let's jump into the workshops. Um, Alicia, we'll start with yours. It's free. You've done it before, um, but it has been a while. What made you want to bring it back right now? Because yours was scheduled before this news came out, which is incredible timing, I have to say. <laughs> incredible. Yes. Um, well, OK, so I'm a member of Prototype Pittsburgh. Uh, we're a makerspace, but we also do workshops. We have a, a small business incubator. Um, and I'm on the board of directors as well. And as a member and on the board of directors, you're supposed to do workshops. Um, and I had done it, uh, like a year and a half ago and it was, it went well, it was awesome. And then, yeah, it was just like one of those things we had a board meeting a couple of weeks ago and I was like, okay, finally, I'm going to like click the link and sign up and do it again. And it's called, uh, what to do if you're pregnant and don't want to be. Yeah. It's pretty much, it's like how to get an abortion, a step-by-step guide for you and your friends. Because I have a lot of people reach out to me. Um, I guess I would identify as like a community resource um, based off of my experience. But people reach out to me and they're like, I'm pregnant and I don't want to be. And instead of me being the only resource, I would like to share the information that I have with other people so that they can also be a resource for their friends and their communities. So, yeah, it's pretty much just like a flow chart and a bunch of resources for people if, yeah, if they're pregnant and they don't want to be. <laughs> Can you give us a little preview? Um, and Nikki and Katrina, feel free to jump in as well. Um, but like, you know, okay, you've got a positive pregnancy test. That isn't good news. What do you do from there? The first step I would say is like confirming that you're pregnant because there are mm-hmm. a lot of people that reach out to me and they're like, I'm pregnant. And I'm like, well, are you? Um, and like, first, did you take a pregnancy test? Is it positive? And there's still a lot of confusion about like plan B, emergency contraception, like, is that an abortion? And then also like figuring out what you want to do. Because for some people, it's a very clear decision. They're like, I'm pregnant. And the option for me is to have an abortion. But for other people, they might want to, you know, talk it out with friends or, you know, themselves or their partner. Um, so there's some resources there as well, like all options talk line, um, which is an amazing organization that you can talk to peer trained counselors about all options regarding pregnancy and reproductive health care. Yeah. And then deciding, you know, going over the options that you have if you want to have an abortion. So going to the clinic, talking about fundraising for that, whether you're going to have an abortion with pills or aspiration, surgical abortion. I don't know if that's even the term that Nikki and Katrina, do you you guys use that still? I mean, we do. Yeah. We do, but um, there's really a movement away from that because it's not a surgery. So, like, yeah. my preference is to call it procedural abortion. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Because I used to – I've worked in two abortion clinics, but it's so long ago. So uh, there's a lot that I'm interested in, you know, getting up to date on, which is awesome that you guys are here. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. And then definitely I talk about um, self-managed abortion, which I have the most experience with. So that is an abortion at home and it's somebody taking control of their own abortion. And generally it's with um, pills. So whether that's mifepristone and misoprostol or just misoprostol alone. So going over all that and then, yeah, talking about resources. There's there's so many awesome organizations out there. So. 
Yeah. So one of those organizations that can help if money is a barrier for someone is the Western Pennsylvania Fund for Choice. Uh, They're the ones benefiting from that workshop that Nikki and Katrina are working on. Um, And you're both board members there, too. Um, That fund covers the cost of the procedure, plus food or lodging, travel, childcare, anything that might come up for a patient, stuff like that. Um, But the workshop, tell me a little bit about the concept for this one. You're going to be using a papaya to physically show people how to perform a procedural abortion. Um, It just, it sounds fascinating. And I'm just, I'm so curious. How does, how does this work? Yeah, so papaya, uh, I, papaya abortions, papaya workshops have been around <laughs> um, for like a relative, I don't want to say a long time, but they've been used um, for, I don't know, a decade at least, probably really? more than that, um, for medical training. Yeah. And so traditionally, um, these days they're used in medical school um, or residency programs or nursing schools. And this is all to say, though, that these are usually self-organized by students or residents. Um, It's actually uh, procedural abortion, aspiration abortion is um, by and large not covered by the majority of medical schools, nursing schools, even residencies. Even Um, for like an OBGYN, like gynecological, clinical, anything like that? Correct. So there are even some residents across the country who are not taught this procedure, which is incredibly safe, incredibly common, life-saving in many circumstances. And so a papaya is shaped like a pregnant uterus. The way it kind of tapers at the end sort of even looks like a cervix. And so um, it's a really useful tool in learning how to use the the small, it's a manual vacuum, mm-hmm. um, learning how to use that by practicing on the papaya. When you activate the vacuum, the seeds come out just like a pregnancy comes out. And you can often even feel the top of the papaya kind of cramping down as you remove the insides, which is exactly what the uterus does. So is this for med students? This is for the average non-medical person, right? Um, so it's for literally anyone except the aunties, um, <laughs> although they might benefit, to be honest. So we um, are they still have support. abortions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're getting support from the Pitt Medical Students. There's a group called Medical Students for Choice. So they're helping us out. And so mm-hmm. probably about 10 of them will be there. But then we opened it up for another 30 spots for literally anybody. So I know a couple of midwives who are going to be coming um, and then definitely just members of the public. And we just want to like show abortion is safe. It's easy. You don't need to be afraid of it. Um, and literally anybody can do it. You know, it's a skill. Anybody can learn a skill. Um, and so that, you know, that's what makes me most excited. And I'd love to have more aspiration community workshops for those reasons. I'm going to the workshop. I signed up. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. and I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited. And then anyone can teach them. So, you know, once you do a couple of papaya workshops or even one, you transfer that knowledge. It doesn't have to be a doctor or even a midwife. Well, yeah, I was curious about that. Do you expect people to, like, perform these uh, procedures in real life after they've done a workshop or two or three and they, they feel confident in those skills? No, it's, you know, for even for 
um, residents or midwives or nurse practitioners, just like IUDs, for example, or colposcopies. The expectation is you get mentorship and training from another provider. And, you know, sometimes it's a certain number of procedures or it's like until that provider feels confident um, that that you feel confident in what you're doing. So while it's easy and simple and, you know, in a papaya workshop, you can transfer those skills, it's still a medical procedure that takes um, kind of, you know, additional training to be able to be quote unquote competent to perform. And to clarify, this would be like first trimester, first like before trimester. the first 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, which is why most abortions take place. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this case, we are and we actually also had this in the process and in the sort of planning stages a few weeks ago. And, you know, all of the people in our fund, which is organizing this, also work in the clinic and we're just slammed these days. And that's the Allegheny Reproductive Health Center. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where are you guys based? In East Liberty, neighborhood of Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Um, What kind of services do you provide in addition to this one, of course? So we do uh, reproductive care. So we did have um, some OB care. We do trans-inclusive care for hormone therapy and stuff like that. Gynecological procedures, um, colposcopies, hysteroscopies, stuff like that. Do you do um, vasectomies at all? We don't, um, but it is something that can be done outpatient and is super simple. So maybe one day. Um, The other thing I do actually is intrauterine inseminations here in the clinic. Mm -hmm. So I try to get people pregnant. (laughs) And sometimes they come in, you know, whenever they're ovulating. And sometimes that means they're walking in on an abortion day. And I just really love that we can get people pregnant on the same day that we're helping people get unpregnant. And it's all about what do you want for your body and your life and your family? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. With your work at the health center and Alicia, your work, you know, just as being kind of a doula for some of these processes, um, what is it that you're hoping to impart to people, you know, in addition to just the practical skills or knowledge, um, what about this sense of community and spreading this information is so important to you right now? I would say for me, as somebody that mainly assists people with um, self-managed abortions, I think that it's important for folks to know that abortions can be safe, even if they aren't legal. And, you know, putting the power, this is clinics, definitely, will all, we will always need them. Um, but also, you know, having those options for people to, you know, manage their own healthcare in their homes, which I think is aligned with your workshop that you're doing, you know, as many options as possible, safe options as possible, and really just like relying on your community and um, the networks that you create. We don't have to rely on the state or the government to take care of ourselves. It would be nice if we could. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Nikki, what about you? I would say for me, the most important thing is like, like Alicia was saying, letting people have control over their bodies, but also knowing that like whatever you choose, that's like not wrong. Like there's nothing wrong with abortion. There's nothing wrong with coming to the clinic and doing an abortion. There's nothing wrong with doing a self-managed abortion. Reproductive care should involve abortion access and like trying to bridge that gap. So we're not a separate community. We should all be one. And so I think that's the most important thing for me, for people to realize with this time, it's like we need to get back to understanding that abortion is not separate from reproductive care. Yeah, I'm very excited about both of these workshops because I think that is filling a need. Um, There is a hunger for this information. Right. I would agree. I feel like the 
people in like my generation and like younger are like they're craving for knowledge and knowledge that pertains to them not just bullshit <laughs> everyday sh- like random a plus b equals mc squared like they're like that doesn't benefit us or vote. this kind of right like, like this just vote. kind of you're just vote. exactly like it's this kind of stuff that's hands-on what happens with our bodies this kind of information is what they're craving and so these kind of workshops are just going to further um inspire them to already do the work that they're already doing yeah, and I'll just mention, so students have been, medical students and nursing students have been demanding this information and this training. So Nurses for Sexual and Reproductive Health, representing nursing students and medical students for choice, have for years been helping students on their campuses um, advocate and really push administrations and push their departments to include this in simulation lab and in didactics. And I, we're only seeing Is it working? It, so it is. <laughs> um, the school Nikki, that you made I, a face. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's slow, but steady mm-hmm. change. There are the Catholic universities who are never going to do it. There are the rural communities who are never going to do it, like in the South and the Midwest. But on the East Coast, a lot of the schools are adding it because this aspiration is also used for miscarriage. And it's also used to biopsy the inside of the uterus if you need to um, for cancer screening. These are essential tools. And, um, you know, we're also pushing our professional organizations to include these skills as quote unquote core competencies that you need to graduate having had this experience. So we're starting to get it in the classroom. What's really difficult is hands-on training or experience as students seeing patients um, during our education or even afterwards. Those training opportunities, hands-on with patients are few and far between still. Yeah, well, and speaking of voting, we're a week out now from the primary election in Pennsylvania, a ton of local races, a Senate seat and the governor, um, and a lot at stake. Are you feeling better, more confident, more capable, maybe because you live here in Pennsylvania instead of maybe, you know, some of our surrounding states like Ohio, West Virginia, Virginia? Um, you know, it's not just like, all right, well, we're in Pennsylvania and we'll probably be fine. You know, even the way that Katrina and Nikki, you know, you're talking about it. It's like, okay, well, Ohio is going to be screwed. West Virginia, Mm -hmm. Virginia, you know, and, um, so we all got to look out for each other because it, it is all interconnected. Yeah. Only by working together across the spectrum, will we be able to, you know, create the change and provide the services that we need to. So I do want to mention that like, I agree. We're lucky right now to be in a place where abortion is relatively accessible here in Pittsburgh. But, um, you know, Guttmacher, which is an organization that does a lot of research and reporting, still considers Pennsylvania to be a hostile state. Yeah, at risk, I think is the language they use. Yeah, and, you know, in two years when we're looking at um, a different makeup of our government, who knows? Um, The other thing is that we have so many what we call trap laws and um, just ridiculous um, hoops that patients have to jump through that are not things in other states. So we have mandated counseling where patients have to watch a video or tune in on a phone call to hear the doctor say all this stuff that's state mandated. That honestly isn't that accurate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's some states where providers have to say that abortion increases the risk for breast cancer, which is blatantly not true. And They still have that? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Luckily, that's not something here in in Pennsylvania. We have a 24-hour waiting period. So um, from the time you get that counseling until the, the time you can have your abortion has to be 24 hours. Which we means a, repeated visits and repeated child exactly. care if that's something mm-hmm. you have to do. Yeah. Travel or lodging that yeah. has to be extended. Exactly. We have a parental consent law. So not only do parents have to be notified um, if a minor is seeking an abortion, but they also have to give permission, which means if the person doesn't have legal guardians or they don't want to tell their parents, they have to sit in front of a judge and be evaluated by a judge. And that judge can decide whether or not they are mature, literally mature enough to make the decision about whether or not they want an abortion or can have an abortion. And so all of, and this, you know, we have a sex selection ban. I don't know if like Mm -hmm. that's less of a um, sort of. What does that mean exactly? So that means that um, we can't technically do somebody's abortion if they say I'm here for my abortion because um, I did the early testing and I know that it's a boy and I wanted a girl. That is Mm. illegal in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, There's been Down syndrome bans introduced um, and you know like our patients still face a ton of barriers and compared to some other states like New York and California and New Jersey um, you know it's it's still a to-do to get an abortion. Mm-hmm. The what you just said about a teenager facing a judge, like I don't even understand the logic there. Like if you're if a, if a judge says you're not mature enough to make the decision, why would they think you're mature enough to raise a child? Yep. Right. Yes. Yeah. Makes no sense. Yeah. Thankfully, yep. we at least for me, I don't think that since I've been at the clinic, we've ever had a judge like deny mm-hmm. a patient. So yeah, that's good. And isn't it the does the Women's Law Project still help with the judicial bypasses? Yes. Okay. Another amazing organization in the mm-hmm. city. They are fantastic. Or state, but they have a Pittsburgh office. Yeah. You know, you mentioned uh, our, our government could look very different in two years. You're definitely right there. Um, but actually, our government could look very different in a matter of months. Mm-hmm. Is there any action that you'd like to see from our lawmakers? Um, in terms of reproductive justice? I mean, I'm not trying to be like a Debbie Downer or a nihilist, but I mean, I don't have that much hope in the Democrats uh, to actually be able to affect change anyway. Um, and so I guess that I, I'm i going to continue to do the work that I can, um, you know, outside of the state. Uh, I mean, you know, I know that that is maybe naive to say, and I think it's important for people to um, lobby and advocate for the laws to protect um, abortion access and also Roe v. Wade about privacy. But um, I, I guess I would say I'm going to leave that up to other folks to work on, and I'm just going to do what what I can, what I know, and what I can do. Protect your mental space. That's just fine. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and also I know what I'm good at, and I yeah. yeah. I would echo what Alicia said. It's like, I just feel like they're going to do what they want to do. And I'm going to continue making sure that everyone can get a safe abortion until I'm legally not allowed to do that. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yes, everyone, please go vote. Voting is not the answer. The government is not going to protect us, Mm -hmm. right? Even, Even with voting, you know, these three new newer uh, judges on the Supreme Court were um, put there by a government that was not elected by like by presidents majority. that lost the popular vote. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we also can't rely on that. I've seen a lot of posts on social media like vote, vote, vote. Yes, vote. But like 
that's not the first step here. And the Democrats are all up in arms now. Where were they a month ago? Where were they three years ago? You know, 15 years ago. Ruth Bader Ginsburg has been sounding this alarm for 30 years. Right. Yes. Right. Rest in peace. And, you know, how much of this is is for their own benefit? How much of this is for their elections? So, yes, go vote. Please go vote. But also, (laughs) it will not be our government. Go vote, but keep your expectations low. I love it. (laughs) That's a message for the people. Yeah, it's um, just like one uh, one tool, I guess, in the right. in the toolbox. You harm know? reduction. Mm-hmm. I like to yes. think about voting as harm reduction. That's perfect. Thank you all so much for sharing your perspective. Um, we'll have links to your respective workshops. I know signups are still available, um, and hopefully, you get all the support and community you need in the coming weeks. Yeah. Thank you so, so much, much for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. It was nice to talk to you all. Nice to meet you all. news and reminders before you go you just heard them we are one week away from primary day in pennsylvania so make sure you know who you're voting for remember pennsylvania redrew its legislative maps earlier this year it's possible you may not be in the same district as before so check out today's newsletter for a bunch of links to check your district a sample ballot anything that you need it's all there And the health department has proposed a regulatory overhaul for local restaurants. Some of it's good news, like cheaper and easier to understand permit fees, being more flexible with open windows and doors for outdoor dining, and making it easier to participate in food donation programs. But bad news if you want to bring your pet to your favorite spot. The health department still is not down with pets inside or around most restaurants. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you enjoyed the show, tell a friend, rate the show, of course, leave us a lovely review and subscribe to our morning newsletter. And some good news, we're going to be daily very soon. Share and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts at pod.link slash Pittsburgh. We'll be back on Thursday with more news from around the city. See you then. Through the front. Like, as soon as I went outside, I got like half a block down and my eyes started itching. I was like, oh.